ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are looking at the introduction to the letter to the Romans, which was written by Paul the Apostle. For those who are new with us, Paul's Hebrew name was Saul, and we first find him in the Bible in Acts chapter 7 verse 58. And then we find in Acts chapter 8 that he persecuted the people of the way because he believed they were speaking falsely. In Acts 9, the Lord Jesus called Saul and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul was blinded by the experience until the Lord Jesus called Ananias to go to him and have him receive his sight. The Lord Jesus told Ananias that Saul would have to suffer for his namesake. Chapter 9, verse 16. Since Paul was trained in the Hebrew scripture under Gamaliel, Acts chapter 22 verse 3, he then began to realize how Jesus fulfilled the scriptures. He began preaching, but people were afraid of him because he persecuted the church until Barnabas befriended him. The Lord then called them to go out and share the gospel, which means the good news of Jesus to the world. They usually went to the Jewish synagogues first, and then when they were rejected by them, they went to the Gentiles. Acts chapter 13 verse 9 reads, But Saul, who was also known as Paul, as Saul began working with and sharing the gospel with the Gentiles who spoke Greek, and where Rome was the power of the day, his Greek name Paul became used more and more. As he ministered, and as the Jews kept rejecting the gospel, saw himself as the apostle to the Gentiles. We also learned in Acts chapter 22 verse 28 that Paul was born a Roman citizen and in verse 3 we learned that he was born in Tarsus of Cilicia. The Lord had uniquely qualified him for the mission that he had called him to do. After the first missionary journey came the council, which is found in Acts chapter 15, which discussed if Gentiles needed to become Jews by being circumcised before they became Christian. And the answer was no. They did not have to follow the law because in Christ we are free from the law. But it was recommended that they stay away from food offered to idols, from blood, or animals strangled with blood still in them, and from fornication. After this, Paul and Barnabas had conflict about including John Mark in the second missionary journey. So they parted ways and Paul took Silas with him and they went around the coast of the Aegean Sea. We found in Acts 18 that Paul met Aquila and Priscilla in Corinth because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. This helps us know that Paul wrote this letter after this date. Because at the end of the letter to the Romans, it seems that Aquila and Priscilla are now back in Rome because Paul greets them in his letter, Romans chapter 16, verse 3. So the letter was written after Claudius, whose reign was 41 to 54 AD, during Emperor Nero's reign, possibly around 56 to 58 AD. We also see in Romans 16, verse 1, 
that Phoebe took the letter for Paul and in verse 23 of 16 that Gaius is their host. So they are probably staying in his house. So it is thought that Paul wrote this letter on his second missionary journey while he was in Corinth to the church in Rome, the capital of the Roman world. That covers the who, when, and where, now the why. Paul had never been to Rome, yet there is a strong Christian presence there. First of all, how did that happen? We don't really know, but we do know that in Acts chapter 2, verse 10, when the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost, there were visitors from Rome, both Jew and proselytes, which means Gentiles who converted to Judaism. They must have brought Christianity to their home in Rome. Paul wants to go to Rome, but so far he has not had an opportunity to go. But this letter helps pave the way for him. It introduces himself and his beliefs before he arrives. This leaves the what. What is Romans? It is more than just a letter. Paul explains the gospel. According to F.F. F. Bruce's commentary, he says this letter deserves to be called the gospel according to Paul, page 21 of his book. Even though it is one of Paul's last epistles or letters, it is placed first in the Pauline epistles because it is the longest. But even more than that, especially right after the book of Acts, in this letter, he defines clearly what it means to be a Christian, whether you're Jew or Greek. One other note before we jump into this book. Up to this time in the New Testament, we have had narrative, storytelling. The first four books are called Gospels, which mean good news, and it's the good news of Jesus Christ. They each told it to different audiences and with their own style. Matthew showed us Jesus was the son of David, and he fulfilled the Old Testament. Mark, the son of God. Luke, the son of man. John, Jesus was not just the son of God, but he was God in the flesh. They each told us the story of Jesus. We then had Acts, and we discussed it was the Acts of Jesus continued, not in the body, but now in the spirit. In Acts, we saw the start of the church, first called the way in Acts chapter 9, verse 2. Then in Antioch, they were first called Christians, Acts chapter 11, verse 26. And then the church grew from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and to the outer parts of the earth, to both Jews and Gentiles. Again, Acts, the only book of history in the New Testament, tells us a story. The rest of the New Testament, except for Revelation, are letters, also known as epistles. Most are by Paul to churches, and the churches are to take the letters and pass them around to other churches in the area. The last four of Paul's letters are personal to Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. The rest of the letters are called general epistles because they are written by various other people, all of which were eyewitnesses of Jesus or of his original 12 disciples. With letters, we are not hearing a story, but we see doctrine and the direction for life. 
and we see a big difference even as we start the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1 verses 1 through 7 is the introduction. Letters in that day started with who was writing and then to whom it was written to. Verse 1, Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Another word for bondservant is slave. Paul understood he belonged to Jesus Christ. He was directly called by Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, which gave him the authority to be an apostle, which means sent one. And he was set apart in order to share the gospel of God. One thing Pastor Tim Will said in my Romans class with regards to Paul being called, in God's calling was the power to do so. Lazarus could not have come out of the grave on his own. The power for him to do so was in the calling. Verse 2 and 3, this gospel of God which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David, according to the flesh. God is the initiator, and he promised his son, Jesus, who was of the line of David. He is the king of kings. He came in the flesh. He had to in order to pay the price for all humanity. And Jesus himself said he came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Jesus fulfilled the promises of God. Verse 4, who was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord. The spirit of holiness is the Holy Spirit, which is also the spirit of Jesus. We call that two parts of the Trinity. Jesus arose from the dead, and because of that, we have verses 5 and 6. Through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among the Gentiles for his name's sake among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. The we in this verse does not refer to the Roman believers because in verse 6, he said you in reference to the Roman believers. So the we may possibly mean the other apostles or the other leaders that Paul was with at the time. Their calling was to bring the Gentiles or people from other nations to faith and obedience, they go hand in hand. And it is for the name of Jesus. It is for Jesus's glory. And the Romans and all who believe called of Jesus Christ. If you are a Christian, you have a calling. We are not all called to be evangelists or apostles, but he has called us to obedience. Then verse 7 tells us whom Paul is writing to. To all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As believers, they and we are God's beloved. We are called as saints because we have the Holy Spirit within us. 
Then Paul had a greeting of grace. The Greeks used to greet one another with the word care, C-H-A-I-R-E, which means rejoice. Paul tweaks it a bit and says charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, which means grace. And then the Hebrew greeting was shalom, meaning peace. So here we have grace and peace because Paul reaches out both to the Jew and the Gentile. Grace, unmerited favor, and peace both come from God our Father through Jesus Christ, and we experience it through the Holy Spirit. One thing about Paul's writing is he gets so excited that it is full of run-on sentences. Verses 1 through 7 are all one sentence in Greek, and this is just the introduction to the letter. This gives us a taste of our reading for this week. Ladies, if you believe in Jesus Christ and that he died on the cross for our sins and that he arose and paid the price so that we have access to God the Father, if you believe that, you are loved by God, you are a saint of God, you belong to God, and you are called by God to walk in obedience. What is he calling you to do? If you do not believe, you are still loved by God. For John 3.16 reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. And ladies, that everlasting life starts the moment you say yes to Jesus. So if you have heard his voice today, please, please don't harden your hearts. Instead, let's be women who obey. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.